Do you want to grab you some coffee or some tea or something? You know what? I don't need to because I'm talking to Jenis and Amaris. <laughs> what? <laughs> Jenis is no, because sometimes people butcher the middle names, so they're like Amri, Amri or Amari, I'm, and I'm, was... I'm terrible at pronunciation with stuff. So I mean, I'll I, I uh, often just do it jokingly, uh, mispronounce things. But uh, oh, no worries. It's yeah. it's um, Amaris. In case you're wondering, it's Genesis Amaris Kemp. But I just go with the flow. <laughs> yeah, and you are a writing consultant. No, I don't consult on writing. I, I give writing tips. I do inclusion oh, and diversity. See, I'll, I'll address myself at the beginning of this. I, I am doing this all out of a long day of work at uh, Starbucks and doing like back-to-back meetings. But I'm here because I, I am just really happy to talk to you. I know you're looking like, are, are you sure about that? Because you're you look confused the whole time. No, no, I mean... That's all fun about it. I, I like to goof off, but I mean, really, before we even started talking about this, and you mentioned that you're also from Texas, and I think that is wonderful uh, because, like, I've I've been interviewing a lot of diverse creatives of different backgrounds, and I was always like, okay, that is awesome, just meeting people from out of the world. But what about here in Texas? And <laughs> And do you think in your life, uh, okay, I'm now I'm just making up words. I, I was like, do you think in your love, I'm like, wait, what the heck did I just say? <laughs> <laughs> I noticed you had a you had a guy in the background, and he's probably like hearing the other rooms. Like, what is she? Who's she talking to? Oh yeah, that's my cousin. Okay. My husband will he'll walk by at some point. Yeah, he's he's gonna monitor, make sure he's like okay. He's talking to, she's talking to a white guy. I, I got to make sure nothing bad goes on. Uh, no. Oh I, yeah, no, that's my cousin. He's yeah. doing his own thing. My husband normally walks walks by sometimes or if, or if he sees my light on, he knows I'm recording. So sometimes he'll just crawl behind. <laughs> instead he'll, of he'll make behind. a cameo appearance. They'll put like uh, those bunny ears with people. I don't think people do that anymore. They just put fingers right behind someone. But that, oh, yeah, like, creepy now. like that. Okay. <laughs> Well, let me rewind this again. You are a creative content writer. Mm-hmm. I got that right. Yes. Uh, how how did you uh, start writing? Like, what what what's the origin of your creative passion? So I really started in high school, just um, wanting to write more creative um, creatively. And um, I was in an English class and I hate writing to prompts that had no meaning. So I started to just uh, freehand write stuff and they're like, oh, your writing's pretty good. We think we, you should enter it in a magazine. So I entered it in the school magazine, won a prize and et cetera. And it was a way for me to be therapeutic back then because it's a way to just get your thoughts out of your head onto paper and, you know, the creative juices just began flowing and you know one thing led to another and I was writing on and off and I left it alone for a bit and about let's see three years ago I I picked it back up and just been going solid and little did I know a book was inside of me (laughs) and what book was that 
chocolate drop in corporate America from the pit to the palace. So this is my lovely book. <laughs> oh, yes, it does. I, I like the uh, front design of it. I mean, so it, I mean, I, I don't ask a lot about cover art, which I think it's an interesting subject for authors. How did you design or like uh, create that uh, particular art? Because you see a lot of figures in the foreground. Um, could you show the book again? Yeah, sure. Yeah, like you see like a, a diverse group of people uh, with whatever. God dang it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have a lot of bloopers here because I'm, I'm on a roll on, on, on these different things, but. I do like the unification of this because this is something that I'm hoping. Uh, okay, there's your cousin. Uh, it's, Wait, uh, can it? He's teleporting. You just walked by. Where are you? Oh, I thought it was Cedric. No, that that's okay. But okay, is what it was the sort of the inspiration behind that book in particular? So mainly just talking about inclusion and diversity. There's a world in the background to represent that the issues that we face in America can happen worldwide. It's just that we need to be open and transparent about it and really talk about the trials and tribulations that a lot of us face, whether it's personal or professional. Then I had people from all nationalities as well as different career um, feels so different industries to let people know no matter what industry you are in like we have all went through something in life where we have been slighted whether it was through ageism sexism racism systemic um, racism oppression or whatever the case may be there has been times where we felt like we did not belong due to the way that people treated us or we felt like we were overlooked because people said, oh, okay, your resume didn't stand out or we feel like you're overqualified or you're underqualified or we're not gonna hire you because you're just, you know, you're not the right fit for the position for whatever reason. And then they give you an answer and you're like, what? That doesn't make any sense. So that's why you see the diverse group on the cover of the book. And then the title of the book is called Chocolate Drop in Corporate America, which is controversial to some. But once you really look at the entire cover art and you see, okay, the title says this, but the cover shows inclusion and diversity. And it also shows a, a world. I wanted people to double take and say, okay, I wonder what this book is about. Let me pick this book up and see if I could unravel it. And then the subtitle is From the Pit to the Palace. Because sometimes we have to go through dark seasons in our life in order to appreciate the the brightness and to appreciate the glory days. Yeah, you, you uh, hopefully you didn't have anybody just take that literally and, and just open the book. It's like, what? Where's the chocolate? This, so th this was something I even was trying to uh, wrap my head around because there, I, I mean... There's been uh, people, how people, some uh, black uh, creatives or even black models advertise themselves on Instagram. They they call themselves chocolate model or model dipped in chocolate. And I looked at that like, maybe because I, I was, I had a, a, it was 
very literal in my head uh so that's why i was like okay uh and then you have other creatives saying no that that's kind of wrong so like when when someone who or some uh, uh black creative of anything advertises their work and or puts themselves on social media adding in chocolate author chocolate uh actor or dark chocolate light chocolate or whatever chocolate like what do you think about that i think that's probably how they want um to be seen and they that's probably how they want people to identify identify them and they're just embracing you know who they are they're saying okay i'm chocolate and i'm proud to be chocolate versus whatever the world is saying about chocolate people they're just putting their own spin on it and having fun yeah well i mean I, i'm just saying sure because there are other uh black creatives who get called chocolate i'm like why are you calling me that that's kind of disturbing so like i, I don't know if there's like a double meaning for it or uh, what maybe i'm just thinking too deeply in it but uh i think it's personal preference yeah, yeah. so what about the book that you find of the uh, book that you wrote like what what about it that you find most interesting like why did you what, what? I, uh, to be honest since I'm the author I think all of it is interesting <laughs> it's um, my story from 2013 yeah. all the way up to 2019 and then I'm coming out with a revised edition that would include that is going to include 2020. Well, I, I mean, what I'm what I've been trying to say, because uh, I'm on like half tiredness. Uh, <laughs> I, I know, uh, like, what was probably like your favorite aspect to it, as far as uh, creating the book and telling these stories? Uh, telling my story to help yeah. inspire other people who have been through a similar situation or who are going through. A, this, a situation right now where they need the motivation. They also need the encouragement to help them get out of that dark place. Also, j there's just so much power in sharing your story because you don't know the impact that you can have on someone else's life by just being bold and being courageous and just being able to step outside of your comfort zone and say, hey, this is what I went through. This is what I learned. And now I want to share this with you so if you're going through something similar or you know someone that this could relate to here are some tips and tricks that has helped me along the way and i definitely feel like whenever we can really talk about you know our stories and be authentic it's really helping other people because things don't just happen to us for no reason things happen to us for a particular reason, whether it's to learn and grow, whether it's to inspire others, whether it's for us to get a different perspective, you really just have to understand the season that you're in in your life currently and pay attention how you react to it because your reactions could either cause the, the situation to get bigger or it could cause the situation, you know, to diffuse. Yeah. I now, has I mean, has the uh, experiences living in Houston also? I mean, I, I would figure it led to the inspiration of making that book. But uh, knowing that there are, I mean, there's hate like everywhere. I mean, especially here, but that it's 
come out to say that, uh, or not come out to say, but there are, uh, there were a lot of people at the, like recently with that, the, the Capitol riot, that a lot of the people who started that fight and all that crazy chaos over there, they are actually based in Texas, uh, which is terrifying. Uh, and I mean, cause I'm sure you've been keeping up with the news. I mean, today we have a new president. Uh, I mean, how do you feel about like all, like all the stuff that is currently happening in the world? Do you think that is a step towards the change needed or do you feel like it won't matter? We, it's definitely going to take everyone coming together in order for a change to be evident. Um, calling out unconscious biases, calling out microaggressions, looking for ways to end systemic racism, and really educating people on why other races think the way that they think. And it comes down to us understanding other other races, other cultures, and other people who are different from us. And I feel like, you know, prior to us getting a new president, I've never seen the world in so much division than it was in in the then the last four years. And I think it's because, you know, you know, we had a black president, then we had, you know, a different president who was just very outspoken and whatever else people want to say about the president. And I think there was a lot of division. And the division came because people wanted to speak their mind. People did not really want to respect other people. People just came up with all this hate and et cetera. And I feel like racism is taught. You don't just wake up and say, oh, I'm racist. I hate, I hate Black people or I hate white people. It's what you were exposed to growing up. And I feel like if we don't really help young people know what inclusion and diversity is or how to appreciate and treat people who are different, yes, someone may not look like you, but that does not mean that it gives you the authority to treat someone any kind of way because they're different. We can respectfully disagree with one another, but if we're working together on a team or whatnot, we still need to respect each other and have some type of boundaries and have some integrity and dignity. And I felt like all of that just went out the window. And me being from, you know, a, fa a family that is biracial with my grandmother being half white, half black, and, you know, my sister's kids are half white. I felt like sometimes there are some Caucasian people who just don't understand it and they're not willing to understand it. That's just, just as who they are. That's what they believe. And there's no changing it. But I feel like if, if I understand, okay, so what, why don't you like African-American people? Or has there been someone in your past that has done something to you that made you just shut down the entire race? Because you can't um, group what one person did to the to an entire race because not everyone is the same. Definitely. I mean, I've, I've seen a lot of that division that you just mentioned. I mean, even the, that last one you talking about grouping one a person or a group of people or some people with an entire race. Unfortunately, I've seen people who do have that mindset, which is very dangerous. Uh, and whether it be for either, I mean, there. When, ever since I've grown, and I think what has put me at an advantage over my parents is that at a very young age, I spent time with 
people uh, who are different than me, who have different skin color or who have different disabilities. And some may say, okay, well, well, what difference does that make? I feel like it does because when you expose yourself to other people uh, who don't look like you at a young age, you are more open to their perspective or their ideas instead of what uh, your family teaches you has this uh, very very unrealistic and uh, toxic mindset. I'm not saying that as my parents, definitely not, but I just even found out this year that I had relatives in my chain that are racist that really do not like black people. And that hurt me a lot. Is I yeah, I know I'm Caucasian, I'm not black, but I have a lot of friends that I love very dearly who are black or who are Asian, who are who are mm-hmm. Latino. And just to know that there are family members of mine that as a little kid, I mm-hmm. I love dearly to know that they hate the people that I love today. Like it's something that I can't even seem to pro like I don't even know how to face those it's sad so what's your personal stance on it having someone in your family who does not appreciate or is not willing to um, learn about another race and they absolutely hate that race have you tried to use like your voice and your personal stance to try to teach them or educate them about the race like calling out you know well I'll say there has been moments where I've had people, other people in my circle that have done racist things. And what I did is I have talked to them or spoke to them individually and just calmly, just like, hey, you want about these these little internet jokes? Here's why they are hurtful. To, and you may not see that they're hurtful, but this is why other people see that hurtful. There, it was a lot, oh, like uh, over the summer, there were people, uh, around here and they like they grew up watching shows like family guy and all that so they got together privately to share like these very uh tasteless memes uh internet jokes that are uh kind of hateful and i was like hey you want this i like i spoke to them hey you want this is why this is why uh, this might get people upset and uh why, why it may not be funny to others as it may seem to you and mm-hmm. i i talked to them uh, and they're like wow you know you're right this I, I don't know what i was thinking i was not in the right mindset and i even said you know what why don't you meet uh one of my friends brianna and th- this was actually during the at the height of well i wouldn't say maybe the height because there was i think in july or august so i'd say hey you know, why don't you go to a uh a BLM protest with uh, her and kind of walk with her and talk to her and she did that and that uh, improved her greatly so yeah go ahead no no I was saying there needs to be more people like who are Caucasian who do have the white privilege token to be an ally for you know minorities whether they're African-American Asian Latino Hispanic or whatever to say, hey, what you what you just said or what you did was not right and it was not politically correct. 
due to this this reason and we have to know how to really speak up for people that we may know or we may not know in order to stop people from having ignorant behaviors and unconscious biases preconceived notions and you know just just dumb rhetoric because if no one is bold enough to check that individual and tell them what you did is not right, it's not cool and it's unacceptable, then that person is going to keep on um, down the path with the behavior that they're on because no one is bold or willing to you know, step outside of their little box or their comfort zone to speak up for someone because people feel like, okay, if it's not affecting me, it's not affecting my family, then it's not my problem. But we have to get away from that mentality. Yeah. And that, that's where I, when I see people celebrating in victory, I, I, you know, I try not to be like the, the downer, but I, I said, Hey, you know what? It's great. Biden's in uh, office, but know that there are things that still need to be changed that we all can do our part in changing. Regarding the family members though, I haven't just not, I've kept my distance from them. And which it's like, I'm trying to even process like, how do I even approach to them that are like, just because the difference is like these people who I've um, like met at uh, different places around DFW, like they were open to a peaceful conversation. Meanwhile, the, uh, the well, half of the family members I discovered who are racist, they are dead. And the ones who are alive, I mean, they're bent on their beliefs. And from what I know, just not, it's something that I'm like, like I, I'm still like trying to even figure that out, but for now, like I'm I'm not even like talking to them, and I don't even know if that's a good thing or a bad thing. Um, but like I, I don't even know how to even fully explain this. Uh, but, so, like, yeah. question: Do you have children? No, I'm no, I'm I'm not. I uh, have a niece and a nephew, and regarding those, yeah, I. I uh, those are my sister's kids, but both of us are, I mean, we are pro BLM and uh, we stand for equality. And uh, my uh, niece or my niece who is three or going on to four, she does have a uh, couple of friends who are of different race and I, which I think is good. I like mixing that up and knowing that she can interact with others and treat mm-hmm. them the same. And that's good. She is, as a little kid, I mean, that's what I think is when you are a kid and you're being able to experience that, that helps because where my family grew up with, I don't, I feel like they just don't really have that diversity, which I mean, given by history of um, 1960, uh, I mean, I was not alive, of course, back then. So (laughs) I'd be like, okay, how do I know what things are like? Well, I mean, by history, which, as we know from time to time, okay, I need to turn on my freaking phone. <laughs> okay, sorry about that. Uh, no worries. Interruptions. Uh, yeah, uh, with the generations of white Americans back then, because of the segregation, because of a lot of uh, division back then, they've had the disadvantage 
of not being able to have those perspectives. Now I'm saying that people can change older. It's not like, okay, they're born that way. Then they're forever going to be that way. You never really know. Uh, people, I, I do believe in change and people improving. Yeah. Uh, and the reason why I asked um, if you had kids, because I tell people like, okay, would you want your kids or, you know, anyone in your family that's younger to face a harder time than you had to face because think about it this way where we are today like we didn't get here alone like we all stood on the shoulders of someone else and someone else had paved the way for us to get to where we are we came a long ways from segregation we came a long ways from you know rioting even though now people are starting to riot again but we have came a long ways based on history on where you know other people you know had to struggle they lost their lives and etc but if we aren't doing our part in you know the year 2020 as well as 2021 since we're now in a new year then how are we being any different than our ancestors or our parents if we're not willing to stand up take action and really walk it out like we we talk this good talk but when it comes time to taking action we're just sitting back like you know a mouse stuck on a mouse trap like you know it's time for us to wake up it's time for us to really be bold and have these hard conversations and it's not saying that you want to put someone on blast it's not saying that you want to shame someone or whatever the case may be it's merely to have conversations where we can gain some understanding some wisdom and some knowledge and we can look for ways to put aside our differences and build partnership based on commonalities that we have because if you think about it the only thing that that makes us different is maybe our socioeconomic status, okay? You may make more money than I do, or you may live in a different neighborhood, but internally we all have the same organs and we all bleed red. So the only thing that really um, is causing us to be different is our outward appearance. You may have blonde hair, I'm, I have black hair, or someone may be a brunette. You may have blue eyes or green eyes. I have you know, dark brown eyes or hazel eyes. Or what and where we live, based which is based on our salary and our income. That's the only thing that's really causing us to be different. But DNA makeup is the same. And we we some people are a product of their environment, but just because you grow up in a particular environment does not mean that that environment needs to remain in you. There are a ton of athletes who grew up in the hood but they wanted a better life. So they looked for a way to get outside of that area and make something of themselves, which is now giving other people hope. Well, what I, why I even bring that up is because what I believe leads to equality is when you are open to more voices than your own. Yeah. And that's why I, I see the importance of diversity and uh, different environments uh, and even in just simply social environments because mm-hmm. uh, I, I I mean I've, I've seen division from I mean I've I've seen like types of racist behavior that I am not even uh, aware of like uh, people making big deals uh, or, or big deal I said big deals <laughs> See, I'm, you know I'll, I'll tell you I mean I fully met I'm not a very professional person I'm a goofball like if you listen to my main shows I act like a little girl uh, so just uh, 
fair warning, which I bet you probably gathered that at the beginning of this. Uh, <laughs> no, my other goal is to make you smile. So I'm doing that. Uh, and, but by the end of the day, you'll be like, okay, why did I talk to this person? Uh, no. The, the other thing is that with, uh, or, or uh, with, with like these different racist behaviors that I'm not even aware of, such as uh, people making big deal about hair and uh, whether or not a uh, black woman's hair is realistic and how I even discover a lot of these racist uh, interactions that I'm like, holy crud, I can't believe people even do that. Uh, a lot of it is hair. And I, I did like, I interviewed and even uh or what or uh took a look at uh, not took a look god damn uh, i reviewed a documentary called natural hair which mm-hmm. it kind of explores how black women have been uh treated through just their hair in uh, different business environments or social environments and i go on tiktok and i see a lot of uh, mainly troll comments like oh why do you wear fake hair or is your hair real or uh, you look pretty for a black girl. I'm like, okay, why are you... Like, I just look at those... Com- like, I want to sit down with those comments. I'm like, okay, random user 0.325, 6 to the 7 power, whatever the heck you're called. <laughs> what, why are you doing this? Like... Ignorance, and they don't know any better. <laughs> so when the other thing is I see... And I and again, as, I, we, as we even began with this, is that uh, not even generalizing... Uh, one person as the entire race which is something I hate uh, and I even recall there was someone uh, that I'm I barely remember years ago who said you know and I I don't let my daughter uh, date black guy or I don't trust black people because my daughter dated black guy once and that didn't work out I'm like okay what what does that mean like just this whole generalizing I, I think is bs but there were there were times where i would post something and even something positive and for example when i interviewed uh, mini parks 98 and she had a very powerful message about uh, black men and black women embracing themselves Mm-hmm. Uh, about being gods and goddesses and just embrace their look, embrace their skin. And I thought that was powerful. That was very sweet. And I put that on TikTok and Instagram. People loved it on there, or at least more, most people saw it on Instagram. They thought that was great. And then I brought it to Reddit. And Which all what I read it. Yeah. I don't think I've had much exposure with that okay. site. Well, all what I saw on Reddit was just because at the brief millisecond of that clip is when I said, definitely when I disagreed, I was like, yeah, you said it. And they were all like, what the crud? What is this white guy doing here? He, Oh, he's just, Oh, he's just trying to take advantage of black women. And I'm, I just like, what? (laughs) And it was just a flood of hate comments like that. Oh, Wow. I mean, and then I would occasionally pass by like people on TikTok saying, well, yeah, all white people are racist. So, yeah, screw all white people. And I'm like, okay, again, I, I still am primarily upset at the, the racist white jerks that are, uh, I mean, the source of all this. 
but when I look at that, I'm like, I just, I feel heartbroken because I'm like, this, I mean, this idea of unification, you do have some or black men and black women out there that just hate all white people. And that was, that was a lot for me to even process. But I, again, like I, and I have conversations with uh, some of my black friends about this. And again, I mean, it boils down to that, like being an ally, I'm going to run into that. And mm-hmm. it's not going to stop me from caring about uh, you all in general. And another thing I want to, like a disclaimer or something I want to put out there is I've had someone tell me, oh, I'm not a racist. I have I have a Black friend. Just because you have one Black friend, you can't say you're not racist because if you're having a conversation with your family that you wouldn't have in front of your Black friend and you are co-signing some of the things that your family, who you know some of them are racist, are saying, then how are you really um, taking up for your Black friend? Because if you have a Black friend, you should be authentic no matter if you're with your Black friend or you're not with that friend. Because if you're going along with the BS and the rhetoric that some of your racist family family is saying but then you're telling me oh I I have a black friend I'm not a racist but then you're not standing up and being an ally for any black people or you're not saying okay this is why they're saying that black lives matter not because all lives don't matter but this is the reasoning behind it if you can't be bold and you can't go out and make a statement in honor of the token black friend that you have then I don't feel like you are doing enough there's more that can be done so you can't be one way in front of one group and another way in front of another group you either need to be all in it or not in it at all yeah no I definitely agree that was that was another thing that uh or some people have brought up that I I mean and I'm I'm not saying this like oh I well I have multiple black friends so I'm not right no it's that that's not the point but I I always want to have a realistic discussion mm-hmm. with my friends regardless of what they look like regardless of anything and I mean I brought up to a few of my black friends about discovering that some of my family members are racist and we've had a mature conversation about it. And I thought that that was great. And uh, I, I do know that there are people out there that just say Black Lives Matter, but they then just move on. And uh, yeah. I even see plenty of posts who file Black Lives Matter under political drama or slash uh, negativity. And, mm-hmm. and I would see posts of people going like, hey, you want, I, I know you're hurt. But Black Lives Matter, Proud Boys, it, it doesn't matter. It's the same thing. You post that here, you're getting removed. Or there are people saying, you know, why why can't we just all be friends? Like, uh, please be kind to each other. You can love each other regardless of political affiliation. And while there's a, there's a, there's a point of over negative, as in like, not just trying to tear people apart, but I do feel like it's also dodging the point of why people are upset mm-hmm. and just be able to say, you know what, I'm just going to go off because I'm tired of seeing all this negativity or I'm going to just delete. I'm going to just go remove half of my Facebook friends list until I see nothing but memes. Then 
to me that that's uh dangerous ignorance and i would feel very uncomfortable if you're that person who does not want to have a conversation because that to me that's what it boils down to if you're willing to talk then yeah i didn't want to sit down and talk but if you want to stick to what you believe and you're not open for a discussion then i don't know where to go from there yeah you can't you can't really help people who don't want to be helped but you can you can try to give them some wisdom nuggets but it's up to them to want to be able to receive the message and i rather you know give them the information than you know not give them any information and still have them go you know still have them go off of a tangent because at least i was bold enough and courageous to to speak up and interject but it's up to them to want to make a change. I definitely agree. So where are you currently now? And uh, first of all, is writing your current day job? Uh, no. So I have a nine to five job in corporate America still. I'll be in corporate America up until February, mid-February. Then I'm going to pivot, um, thinking about going into the inclusion and diversity consultant space and then really just promoting my book, doing podcasting, and just et cetera. Yeah, I mean, I, th- I think that's cool that you have that backup plan, because, uh, I mean, we never know when anything will take off. I hope yours do- it does, because I, I think the message behind it is powerful, and it needs, I mean, it needs to be shared. Uh, I mean, there are other uh, Black creatives like you who are... Uh, doing either through writing or through some form are focusing on uh, activism and not all black creative I mean not all black creatives do and that's perfectly fine like you do what you want to do with your life but the fact that you uh, devote yourself to try to uh, or to share your stories and explain the importance of this thing what yeah (laughs) (laughs) I'm just laughing because you know just some people just they're not bold or they're they're afraid of what people are going to say or what people are going to think like if they really share you know their story so they have fear and I think fear is part of a mindset that keeps keeps people captive and it holds them back from being you know who they want to be because they're so busy trying to please other people yeah there is that uh well, th- there is that, and then there is though there are those who like, for example, if someone was what's another example, or a, a game developer, and they mm-hmm. were to work on game with they were to work on like action games, and uh, like they have nothing to do with about like things going on in the real world. They're like some geeky fancy adventure, and they're like, yeah, you know, I'm happy doing that. This is my creative profession this is um, i'm making a living off of this i'm like hey you know what that's that helps you and that's perfectly fine and some of them will still speak up on issues or they'll uh do it in private i think when you mentioned fear is we also do have the people who do put uh, others on blast like if you say something that some group is not going to like they're going to put they're going to bring their like cult or their uh fans what they're gonna bring their call (laughs) no you you be surprised yeah there 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 are crazy groups out there right now there's a there's a Kanye West cult so I mean anybody could have a cult um 
uh, <laughs> you're like, what the crap are you saying? Uh, no, I, I, it, I, I've seen like people who just love these celebrities or, or these influencers so much that if they tell you, Hey, go after this person, they'll do it. Uh, right. That's probably what I mean by called. So I, I, <laughs> Are you a call do they have like little hoods they're like oh praise thee no uh I, that would be scary uh, <laughs> i'm different, sure yeah, different <laughs> i always say different different floats for different folks yeah there are i mean there are crazy people out there so do you do you feel like though at some point you want your uh paid profession to be writing or are you happy with it being the way it is? Mm, possibly, depending on what I'm writing or maybe who I'm writing for. Like, I'm open to ghost writing or maybe I may go into screenplay writing. Um, I think that's cool. I'm just leaving it open right now because I don't want to just say, oh, yeah, I'm going to do this and just box myself in. Yeah. I mean, do, do what makes you happy. Um, you know, Lady, I just have fun talking to you. I know I, I act like a goofball and I messed up quite a bit today, uh, but that that's on purpose because uh, at the end of the day, it's making you feel good about yourself is the other part. Where do people find, if they want to buy your book or if they want to contact you with, with any type of collaboration, like what they do? So my book, Chocolate Drop in Corporate America, From the Pit to the Palace, is available for purchase on Amazon and paperback for $13. I have a Kindle version that's available for $2.99. It's also on Kindle Unlimited. I am in a few bookstores. So one bookstore is Book Mecca. That's M-E-C-C-A. It's also available through Shelves. S-H-E-L-V-E-S bookstore and the book is on Goodreads so make sure you rate the book um, rate it on Goodreads rate it on Amazon I love to see transparent reviews then if you want to get in touch with me personally I'm on Facebook as Genesis that's G-E-N-E-S-I-S Amaris A-M-A-R-I-S last name Kemp K-E-M-P I have an author page as well under Chocolate Drop in Corporate America. I am also on Instagram as Lady D Richardson. And I am available via email as well, which is Genesis Amaris Kemp at gmail.com. That is awesome. And this will be on Pond Stress, which you can find on any podcast platform of choice. Also, facebook.com slash pondspress, Instagram slash pondspress, and I'm on Twitter at cheesepond64. I also like to, as I mentioned before, make uh, little video clips to put on Insta Reels and TikTok. That'll be fun because there are plenty of times where I've effed up. Your your, uh, cousin and your uh, uh, family, they'll be like, wow, this is the worst interview. Uh, You know, why why do you spend almost an hour with this freak whoever the heck he's called no that's <laughs> no 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 uh you're like uh, yeah yeah i'm done with you no i'm i'm kidding i'm kidding <laughs> no. it's always good to have a conversation you never know why you have a conversation with different people or there's a reason behind everything so 
No, I, I, I like how professionally you stay despite me acting like a total nutcase. Uh, and yeah, like, I mean, being that you're in Texas, you know, I, my goal is when this is over, when COVID is over, I'm just going to throw a party and it'll be somewhere in DFW and everybody's invited. So we could go <laughs> to the club and get apple juice or what, whatever the heck we drink. Uh, I drink. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm not an alcoholic. That's why I even brought up. <laughs> well, whenever you said Starbucks earlier, I thought about the medicine ball, the tea. Yeah, I guess. I mean, I, I do like the caffeine, which I don't know what, what is better for you, alcohol or caffeine, probably neither or probably both. Um, <laughs> but uh, you're, you have a great one. I'll talk to you later. Okay, awesome. Bye. Mm-hmm.